Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, church. We're continuing theme, journeying with Jesus. Life is a journey. Life is dynamic. It's not static. That's why we've got to keep moving. And maybe today you feel like you can't go on. Sometimes we feel like we can't go on. How do we keep going on the journey? How do we keep sticking at it? And I want to say that we do it because we're in a strong community. And in Global, we build strong community. Our values, four of our values are being real, relevant, relational, and robust, strong. One of the, one of the most robust things, you'll know you're robust because you can laugh at yourself. That is so difficult. It's okay when you're being the comedian and people are laughing, but it's sometimes when you've done something in life, you're a bit embarrassed and you can't laugh at yourself <laughs> and you need to learn to laugh at yourself. Stick with us and we will do you good, definitely. And we've been looking at the, the disciples getting into the boat with Jesus and, and just so naive, giving their lives to him, trusting them in with their lives. And you know what? They didn't die in the boat. They stayed in the boat and they got to the other side. When they got to the other side, they realised what the storm was all about. Somebody didn't want Jesus to meet a man who was so bound up, so chained up on the inside, so bound by the devil, the enemy of the human race, that a storm was caused on the lake. I wonder who caused that storm. But Jesus got up and he rebuked it like he would rebuke a devil. And then when he got to the other side of the lake, this naked man who cut himself, self-harming for years, he cut himself and he come running down uh, the hill out of the tombs where he'd been living. That's not a great place to live. You can see he's a man that's not in his right mind. And he comes running at Jesus, shouting and screaming. And Jesus had come to set him free. He'd come to liberate him. Jesus wasn't intimidated or frightened. He came straight at the man. What is your name? My name is, 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 and he can't get it out. He recognises the voice of his creator. All of a sudden, sense, awareness, warmth, acceptance was coming at him. And he's like, oh, my name is. And then the demons took over him, used his voice. Legion, for we are many. So disturbing. But there are many people in our nation throughout the world that are disturbed. And I want to speak light into your darkness. I want to speak life into your deadness. Jesus has come to give us life in all its fullness, this side of heaven. Christianity is not just about what happens when you die. It's it's what happens if you don't die tonight. How are you going to live today? What's the quality of your life going to be like? That's what Jesus wants for us, is life in all its fullness. Uh, And that's what I'm about as a church leader. I'm wanting to bring freedom to people's lives. Uh, Christ, a Christian, sorry, is a Christ one, one like Christ. And Jesus liberated people with his words and, and with his actions. And that's what every Christian should do. We should be about liberating people with our words and our actions. Are we perfect? No. Will we make mistakes? Yes. In fact, the more things you attempt, in order to help people and alleviate pressures and problems, the more mistakes you'll make. 
but that shouldn't stop us. We keep going and we keep moving. Why? Because God helps us in such a way. The way he works through us, he never works with condemnation and guilt. Never does. The world will. You know, you can pull your guts out for people and within moments of you helping them, they will criticise you. And, you know, I've experienced it so many times with my, I feel it for my church, you know, the people that, that go out as global and they're so kind and they're so generous. And then after a while, people are having a go at them, slating them, slagging them off. And you're like, that's awful. And they come back and I know exactly how they feel. And I use God's word to inspire them again and strengthen them and say, don't give up. The Bible says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Keep doing good. Dwell in the land and do good. Ah, this is so, it's so positive when you give your life to Jesus. Boring, never. Scary, often. And these guys, the disciples, followed Jesus into the boat, full of life and freshness. And then a storm came. But you know, with Jesus in the boat, you can overcome anything. They got to the other side and uh, they were met by this demoniac. And he was a, a pitiful man. We looked at that last week. He was a pitiful man. He was naked and bleeding and tormented in his mind. And Jesus began to liberate him by commanding the demons to come out. And they said, let us go out into the pigs. And Jesus gave them permission. Jesus has got power over creation. He demonstrated it when he commanded the wind and the waves to be still, and they were. And he's got power over spiritual powers and spiritual beings like demons. They came to him asking permission and he gave them permission. Who is this Jesus? Is he just a super saint? Is he just the son of God, which would be amazing. But he's more than that, he's God the son. He's come to reveal what God's like, but he had to come as a human being because he had to relate to human beings. But more importantly, he had to go through everything that we've gone through in order to redeem us, buy us back or to save us. And I used the illustration last week of, you know, when you're kids, you play a TIG. And if you've been tigged or tugged or tagged or whatever, you're like, you have to put your hand on the wall and you can't move until somebody who's not been tigged or tugged or tagged runs under and you're free. And then you're free to go and run under everybody else's arm. And it's a game that keeps you fit. Jesus was free because he never surrendered any part of his life to the devil. Never gave in to temptation. Think about that. It's not wrong to have bad thoughts. It's wrong to entertain them. Jesus would have had bad thoughts, but he would never have entertained them. He said, no, that's not from God. That's not the way I'm going. It's not wrong to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. The Bible says he was tempted in every way like we are, but was without sin. So it's not wrong to be tempted, it's just wrong to give in and entertain it. It says this about Jesus, he's in the synagogue. He'd just come out of the desert where he'd been led, he was filled with the spirit and was led into the desert to be tempted and tested by the devil. It was God strengthening him and getting preparing him for what was ahead. And he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I mean, that's just amazing in itself. He went in filled with the Spirit, but he came out of the desert in the power of the Spirit. Then he goes to the, his local synagogue, like his church. It was this time to speak, and they gave him the scroll. And he opened the scroll, and he found the place where it is written, 
the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Be careful of preachers that are always on bad news. Be careful because they don't have the same spirit that Jesus had. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Not the Lord's judgment, but the Lord's favour. Recovery of sight to the blind. What does that mean? It means that somebody had vision once, but they lost it. And with vision, when you've got vision, you've got energy and purpose, and then you've lost it. And it says Jesus came to bring recovery of sight to the blind. Who am I speaking to this morning with that one verse? That you've seen it once. You've had energy. You've had a vision, you know, for your business, or for your family, and you've lost it. And today Jesus wants to give you recovery of sight because you've gone blind. You've lost your vision for your purpose. And there's fresh energy coming your way from heaven. It's beautiful. But Jesus has come to set people free, set the prisoners free. The hallmark of his kingdom is release and righteousness. Release, two hallmarks, release and righteousness. He releases, Jesus releases us from whatever's oppressing us, sins that we've got entangled in and we can't get out. We need, we need rescuing and he releases us and he empowers us not to go back there. Since so many people released by Jesus, the problem is they say, I can handle it, I can handle it, and they go back. And you think, don't. God had to say to Lot's wife, don't turn around. Well, he said to Lot and his family, don't look back. And Lot's wife did, the Bible says, and she returned to a pillar of salt. And you know, we mustn't look back. Once Jesus has released us, we walk in the righteousness that he's given us. It's a gift. And you'll know when you've got the righteousness because you feel clean and you have a want to. You want to do good. You're not a do-gooder, but you want to do good. You want to do what's right. You know, you go out for a drink, but you don't want to get drunk like you used to. Can you see there's a change? You are still your essential you. God doesn't rob us of that. But he transforms us. And now you want to do his will. And it's amazing. Peter writes this in his letter. He says to new Christians, he says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And you are filled with an inexpressible joy because you're receiving the goal of your salvation. And, you know, these invisible qualities start to come to us direct from the Holy Spirit, direct from heaven. It's fantastic. And Jesus comes to this man who's oppressed by the devil and he's come to release him from the chains that the devil's put on him. Loneliness, no self-worth, total rebellion, self-harming. What has gone on to this man's mind to cause him to so malfunction that he's hurting himself? And that's why God hates sin, you know. God doesn't hate the sinner, he hates sin, because sin hurts us. And we need to be released from it. And so this man, he comes running down the hill and uh, Jesus speaks to him and he commands the evil spirits to come out of Jesus. And he fell at the feet of Jesus. Everything bows down to Jesus. Everything. I believe it was the demons in him that fell. That is just bowed down because they know who he is. They recognise who he is. 
and they know he's God Almighty and they bow before him. Even in the rebellious state, they bow before him. And consequently, the man's actions follow what the demons do. He falls, he falls down and he bows before Jesus. And Jesus sets him free. Jesus has gone into battle, releasing people. And he comes to the demoniac, a pitiful man. You know, the man thinks, nobody knows I'm here. But Jesus finds him. And he's finding you. And he finds you through people like us. And it's your time and it's your turn to get to know the saviour, to get to know the power of the gospel to release you from your old ways and give you new ways with Jesus. So he was a pitiful man. So number two, this week we are going to finish this story. Number two, the price of a man. It says when the demons came out of this man, they went into a herd of pigs, about 2,000 in all, and they rushed off the edge of the cliff and killed themselves. Jesus gave them permission. Jesus has got power over visible things and invisible things. You've no need to be frightened when you've got Jesus with you. I read out last week about how much do you think you are worth then? And about how Jesus shows us how much we're worth. He paid the price for your sin and my sin. It's beautiful. God essentially is love. God loves us. And he loved this man, and it's not a sentimental love. It's a powerful love. He comes to liberate. He asks him what his name is, because Jesus is relational. And he comes to set him free. As the man had rushed at Jesus, I wonder what was going through his mind. He comes rushing down the hill, and he looks frightening and aggressive. But I wonder what's going on in the man's mind. I wonder if he's wishing that there was somebody that had the guts that somebody would have the love, somebody would have the power to come against him and not run away from him, but just to stand and say, what's your name? I'm going to get involved in your life. I'm going to get involved in your world because you matter. And I, want to, I want to challenge you, you guys at Global Church. Come on. You know, who is there in your sphere of influence? Who is there? that nobody has anything to do with. In fact, nobody ever goes in their office because they're always grumpy or whatever. It's like a big no-go area. What person is there that's so intimidating nobody has anything to do with? Maybe maybe you're on security in the bars in, in your town or city and there's certain doormen that you think, oh no, they, they are scary. And you think, you know, let the love of God inspire you and give you boldness to go and have a chat with them, mix in with them, get to know them, get to know the names. You know, that so you're walking past them regularly. All right, Pete, how's it going, Pete? You join in with them, you know, work your magic and work your way into them until they eventually say, what is it about you? Peter says in his letter, always be prepared to give a, a reason for the hope that you have to them that ask. Don't go preaching to people, wait till they ask. Supply on demand. Wait till they ask, but when they do, they're not going to ask you if they don't know you. Get to know them. Get to know how they tick. Be interested in people. Get to know the family. Ask about the family. Where there's a no-go area, often that's a dark spot. That's a, a spot where, where Satan's at work. He works in darkness and he works in intimidation. And, you know, we're called to march into those dark places and bring light, bring the gospel. And uh, I want to challenge you. Come on, let's be bold and let's be strong and let's mix it with people. The demons came out at Christ's command. 
they went into the pigs. And you know, somebody's business went that day, but that man was worth it. I want to say about this man, he was a pitiful man, was. But he was a man with a price on his head. It was a massive price, God loved him so much. But he was a man that had been pardoned. That's a brilliant word, pardoned. His, 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 uh, all his sins, all his wrongdoing had been forgiven. But more than that, all the things that were like holding him back had been unraveled. Who's, I don't know, who's ever, yeah, I'm sure you've had your earpieces when you've put it in your phone, but when you go to get them, you know, they're all tangled. It takes you forever to, you're almost like, I don't want to listen to any music. <laughs> you know, it's all tangled, you know, and often the enemy tangles our lives up and they're mixed up with other people's lives and everything's tangled and it's a mess. And God wants to get hold of your mess today and turn it into a message of hope for others. God got hold of this man's mess. He was messed up in his life. His family had disowned him. What a mess. What a, what a, what a mess. And God brings his message to him and then sends his message through him to the Decapolis, which is 10 cities. You know, global's not original. It says we want to reach into cities. It started way back there. Jesus using this man who the religious world would say is unqualified. How can he speak about God? Has he got a degree in theology and philosophy? He's, he's unqualified. Jesus makes us qualified. It's absolutely brilliant. I think it's Colossians chapter one. I'm, 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 I'm irritated. I, I get irritated with religious people. He says that, you know, by his power, we'd be moved from, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that God has qualified us to be part of his kingdom. And when, you, when you're the sons and daughters of the king, we speak for him and we go and speak up. And this fella did. He was a pardoned man. It says that this man was sat at Jesus's feet, clothed and in his right mind. All the opposite of what he was when he came running at Jesus. Totally the opposite. The mess had been turned into a message already. And he sat at Jesus' feet. I can imagine, you know, sat at his feet, he's learning. Got a big L plate. That's what disciple means. It means I'm a learner. And, and every one of us, you know, that's following Jesus, we're all learners. You know, we might know some stuff. I've been a Christian now nearly 40 years. But, but you know what? I'm still learning. Because you go to different levels. You go to different levels. I, I'm not what I was. I, I, don't, I don't struggle with the things I used to struggle with. I've overcome them. I've become stronger. I've become wiser over the years. That's all to God's glory. I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm something that I'm not. It's just I'm being honest about my progress. There is progress. But you know what? My level, I've sat at Jesus' feet learning. I never want to be anywhere else. I want to be learning. I need to learn from Jesus. And so do you. And some of you, you, you know, you've stopped going to church. I want to say, go back to church. And if you don't like the one you went to, change it. Go to a place where they like you. There's men. Why do people go to different pubs? It's because some, because we're all made differently. Birds of a feather flock together. Find the one that where, where you feel at home. You feel like they get me here. Commit to that church. I'm working on things where people can't always, in the busy scheme of, of life, they can't always make every Sunday. 
we're trying to put services on at different days even. And that's good. We have uh, the student church on a Monday night. So we're trying to, we're trying to accommodate modern life because there's no way the Bible says you have to meet on a certain day. And so we can, it doesn't have to be Sunday, but it needs to be regularly. And I've been looking at how we can help people who are like, you know, traveling. So they're not here every week. And so, you know, we're saying, why don't you come once a month? Because, you know, when people don't come to church, they feel guilty. If you keep feeling guilty long enough, you won't go. Why would you go if everyone goes, no, we're missing you? you know, stop all that sentimental drivel. It's like, because you haven't missed them. If you'd have missed them, you'd have been round at their house. So st stop playing. Stop making church something that it's not. Allow people to come. Come once a month. And, you know, we understand your lifestyle. And it's great to see you when you, when you can get there. Because you know what? Where there's a want to, you'll find a way to. And you, you, you've nothing to prove. There's nobody in Global Tech in a register. Well, you've only been once in the last four weeks. You know, it's, it's, it's not like that. And we're tooling you up for life. And we want you to go and spread the gospel in a great way. Spread your life uh, amongst people who don't know God. There's a lot of life to be lived. And so I've just been looking at how we can do this for people. So, you know, find a church. But this man came to Jesus and he sat at Jesus' feet in his right mind. If I was in, I would have one question. What do I need to do to stop them things coming back into me? Because I'm free now. You know what Jesus says about Jesus in Colossians? Let me read this to you. Colossians chapter 2, it says... God made you alive in Christ, even when you've been dead in your trespasses and sins, he made you alive. He forgave all our sins, not just some of them. Having cancelled the written code, that's the law of Moses that comes against us and says you're guilty. You've broken this, you've broken that, you've broken that law. He says, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He, that is Jesus, took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. How do I stop them demons coming back in? Jesus is like saying, no, no, no. I'm giving you my power now. They'll not come back, my friend. They'll never get back in. Why? Because my life is in your life. At the name of Jesus, everything submits, submits and surrenders. It's powerful when you give your life to Jesus. You move from the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and the kingdom of the son he loves. This man was a pardoned man and he sat there learning from Jesus, but he's dressed. He's not naked anymore. Do you know, before he was naked and bleeding and Jesus saw him as he was. And now, somehow, he's cleaned up. He's got clothes on. And that's a great picture of what happens when you give your life to Jesus. The Bible talks about putting on Christ. Or you have been clothed with Christ. And so that when God looks at a believer, he doesn't see Dave Shaw. He doesn't see, he sees, us, he sees Christ. And because Christ is perfect, we're acceptable to him. It's amazing, is this? He says the man was clothed and in his right mind. And, and when you're clothed with Christ, then your thinking changes. God didn't give us a, a spirit of timidity. 
Paul says to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a, a spirit of boldness and of love and of self-control. And you know, we control our minds now. It's so good. It's so positive when you become a Christian because we do have scary thoughts sometimes that overwhelm us. We have burdens that come to us through work, through family, you know, which parent has never been fearful when the, the son or the daughter hasn't come home at the time that they said they were going to come home. And I can remember going out looking for my sons, you know, we got past two o'clock in the morning and I knew they were out because they worked. Some of them worked in boys and I've been there searching for them. Why? Because you never stop being a dad. I love my sons. So I were out there, they wished I didn't love them. <laughs> Fishing them out and saying, it's time to go home. Trying not to embarrass them in front of their friends, being as discreet as I could. It's time to go home, So I know, I understand that there are pressures and fears that come our way in life. But rather than giving into them, we give them to Jesus. We have to learn this. It's a process of learning how to give your burdens over to Jesus. And you do it through prayer. And even through reading the Bible and changing your thinking. And we learn it in church through the teachings and through the lives of others who have gone before us and, and know what we're going through. For myself, I've become like a mentor in church, probably more of a mentor than a coach. You know, coaches where you're trying to help people to, to get somewhere and things. But a mentor, you know, being somebody that, that is, is not just trying to get, get them to achieve certain things, but to mentor them in life and help them to overcome some things. And it's more about them as a person. I don't have to know what a person's business is. I want them to become a stronger person. So I'll, I'll mentor them into that. And coach people too, but it's a that is a different thing. But Jesus is there with this man. And he's now mentoring him. And he's in his right mind. How beautiful is that? Jesus doesn't screw people up. Religion screws people up. But Jesus puts you in your right mind. He was naked and bleeding and he was all over the show. He comes to Jesus. He is clothed, sat at Jesus' feet in his right mind. That's a picture of a believer. Not stressing any longer, not self-harming any longer. These are processes. Jesus can do miracles like that, but sometimes he'll take you through a process and you overcome self-harm. Depression and oppression will take you up a, a cul-de-sac that says there's no way out. The only way out is to commit suicide. And I want to speak that out today to say that is not true. If you're up a cul-de-sac today, pick the phone up. Phone a friend, phone global. Pick the phone up because Jesus gives you options. It's the devil that shrinks your life down and devalues it so much that he says it's not worth you living any longer. That is a lie. And I want to say you are more important than business, than making money, than, than being a good person at work. You know, you've maybe built up uh, an image at work and everyone says they are just amazing, they're just amazing. Now you've got to try and live up to that and you can't live up to it. And I want to say, step away from it. Be free from it. It's a social, it looks good, but honestly, it crushes you, that kind of thought. And I want to say, pick the phone up, talk to us. Why? Because we're like little Jesuses. We want to bring release and right living. We want to release people from all these bondages that go on in their lives. 
This man sat at Jesus, Jesus's feet, and he's learning to start life again, but this time with God at the centre. And what a journey. It's come out of darkness now. We don't even have to talk about that now because his life is bright. Will he have issues? Will he have problems? Will he have... Well, of course you do. But you see, when you've learned to sit at Jesus' feet, clothed and in your right mind, you know where, you know where the sauce bottle is. You can go back for more. Sorry for calling God a sauce bottle, but you know what I'm saying. Once you know where the tomato ketchup is, you know you're going out yourself. Yeah? When you know where the source of wisdom is, the source of peace, the source of power that you need and energy to overcome some things. When you know the source is Jesus, you go back to Jesus. Prayer's not religious. Prayer's chatting to God. It's talking to God about stuff. Jesus went on to a greater victory. He took the sin of the whole world on himself. He took the powers of darkness on and he brought the power of sin, Satan and sickness at the cross. And can I just throw in poverty there? He broke the power of all them things at the cross so that you and me can go free, not just heaven when you die, but eternal life starting now while you live. It's not pie in the sky when you die, although that's good. It's better than pain in the pit when you flip. We're talking about steak on your plate while you wait. I'm talking in riddles. I've been in lockdown way too long. But eternal life starts now, this side of heaven, and it affects every area of our, our lives. This guy wanted to follow Jesus, wanted to go back and journey with Jesus, and he's unusual. And I, I was shocked at Jesus's response when I first read this. And he said, no, go back to your family. Go back, learn family life. Like, you know, society is made up of family. You destroy family life, you're destroying the nation. And we need to learn how to build family again. Many of you are from blended families and you need wisdom to how to bring up step stepchildren, how to relate as a stepmom or a stepdad uh, to the kids. When you're a child or when you're a teenager, you've got to learn how to, how to relate to a stepmom or a stepdad and, and watch how they relate to each other. And you know, Jesus can give us wisdom. You find it in his church. And so, you know, we're not the kind of church that just preaches, just come to Jesus. We say, no, you need to belong into the context. You know, if Jesus is the diamond, the context is the whole ring, the church. And so Jesus wants to build his church. You can't have Jesus without the church. It doesn't work. And so, you know, together we're powerful. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 